Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So the Jeffrey Epstein case is becoming more public by the moment as some court documents have leaked out. And oh my, are there some, what do you call them? Bombshells? Moab's field level nukes? I don't know, but they're really, really bad. I've got that. Um, I've got the leftist ghouls uh, celebrating, uh, celebrating, dancing on the grave of an American hero, Herman Cain, because they're frankly, candidly disgusting human beings. Got some video of that. And what's at stake in your election? I got an email yesterday from a listener who shall remain nameless. Uh, I've warned you this fight's coming to your door. The fight came to his door. And he wanted me to remind you that this is going to happen to them, too. So I've got a loaded show today. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, keep your online activity safe from those prying eyes. You don't want people watching you. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today. Get a VPN. Again, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir, on this Friday. It's Friday. Yeah, so because it's Friday, I'm doing great. 70s game show voice always setting us straight on friday no Ah, matter the moment we always need that uh yeah it's gonna be a loaded show i've also got a tweet and some video by again leftist schools dancing on the grave of herman cain because that's who they are these are genuinely evil sick people um and they're gross Mm. thank the lord you're not them all right today's show brought to you by lifelock ladies and gentlemen it's sad that cyber criminals are taking advantage of the coronavirus pandemic it's really horrible They've sent malware to scam people trying to learn about cures for the disease. They've conducted phishing attacks. They've devised counterfeit online pharmacies. It's really candidly disgusting. They've also focused on the economic stimulus by creating fake banking websites. You know about all? You can look all this up. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting my life and yours. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. You could miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. You know, here's good, good thing. There's life. I use LifeLock. They have been invaluable to me. I get a text from them every time someone checks my credit. I know I call my wife. Is this legit? I'm not going through that again. I had my identity stolen. It was terrible. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert. I'm not going through that again. If you become a victim of identity theft, LifeLock can also help you restore your identity easier than what you can do on your own. I tried to handle it on my own. It was a nightmare, dragged on forever. Someone that went out there and bought fake real estate program stuff. It was terrible. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Get it for your kids too and your family. Go to LifeLock.com slash Bongino. That's LifeLock. Dot com slash Bongino for 25% off. All right, Joe, let's go. Yes, this is going to be one of those shows that's absolutely loaded. Let's start with the leftist ghouls first. So um, Herman Cain, former presidential candidate, American hero, very good guy, radio host, CEO of Godfather's Pizza, turned the company around, brilliant guy, academic degrees, a resume four or five pages long. Just a good man passed to the coronavirus due to the coronavirus and the complications from it. He was 74 years old. And I want to show you the response by some of the leftists. But before I do that, I want to say in a very serious note, one, God rest uh, the man's patriotic, liberty-loving soul. I told you the story yesterday about Herman Cain as we were on the air. The story broke. It was tough for me to take. It took me a while to get through it. I knew Herman Cain. I knew him well. He was a good and decent man. But I just want you to know that we are different. And on this Friday, I don't like to leave you with terrible bad news all the time. I want you to hold your head high and know that we are different. Our movement is different. That conservatives and liberty-loving American patriots, you are the decent people and the leftists out there, not all Democrats, but the leftists and especially the far left are definitely evil, radical ghouls. And I I said to Paula, when I'm going to show, I'm going to show you the response in a minute, but I can insult them all day. They insult themselves by their very existence their embarrassments to their families, their generational embarrassments to their grandparents, and anyone anyone they'll spawn in the future will have to deal with the fact that they're related to these ghouls. But I could go on about that all day. I just want you to bow your head and thank the Lord that you are not them. Know that there's a right side of right and a wrong side of right, and you're on the right side of it. Thank God you're not these people. 
and I'm not using the Lord's name in vain. Literally, thank the Lord you are not one of these total, epic, complete life failure losers. Here's Kank. Uh, you know Kank, one of the young turds? You know Kank, he's been around a while. He's the guy who uh, has a viral video for being a loser melting down in a temper tantrum the night President Trump won. Remember that viral video? That's Kank. So uh, Kank, who's one of the dumbest human beings on the planet, by the way, if you've ever watched him debate, there's one bait with uh, uh, Ben Shapiro that's hilarious where he just tries to make up economic theories. So here's his tweet about Herman Cain, 1,000 times the man Kank is. He says, before he died, Herman Cain said his God was stronger than coronavirus. Coronavirus disagreed. Hashtag silence is real. Keep in mind, that's who Kank is. Now, Kank is a disgusting filth bag. And Kank will lose no sponsors on whatever show or anything because he's a leftist, which means he's a ghoul. Um, he's an evil ghoul, a soulless human being without an ounce of dignity, courage, or spine. Kank runs every time he runs into a serious person. He runs away because he's a coward. But Kank won't lose a single sponsor from this. If I were to say that about the death of a prominent liberal, liberal, which I would never, and I hope you understand that. That's the kind of thing. It's not funny. It's never funny. It's not the subject that jokes, the passing of a human being. If I were to say that, rightfully so, we'd have people fleeing this show left and right. But because Kank is a diehard far-left radical liberal and therefore a protected class, he can literally dance on the grave of a dead American patriot, nearly celebrate it, make fun of him while his body's still warm and the family's not even close to done grieving. He can do it and nothing will happen to Kank at all. Just remember that if you ever watch this guy's show. Remember who he is. I just want to recognize also that when civil rights hero John Lewis died, that it was conservatives, blue check mark, social media, Facebook, elsewhere, that acknowledged the accomplishments of, of John Lewis. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to agree with his politics. That wasn't necessary. But what the man did on the Pettus Bridge was real and should have been acknowledged by people. You can disagree with his politics later. God knows I did. But there were no conservatives, serious people celebrating his death like the ghouls the left are. You think I'm crazy? You think it was just Kank? Here's another life loser and a total zero. You know, fake duff guy, tricep extension guy, uh, Chris Cuomo at CNN who takes this opportunity on his show to not thank Herman Cain for his accomplishments, but to subtly try to pin the death of Herman Cain on the fact that he attended the Tulsa rally. Listen to this. He says this, by the way, he, which he acknowledges in his own clip. He has no evidence whatsoever that Herman Cain, who was at Donald Trump's Tulsa rally, contracted the virus. None. Which, but he decides to bring it up anyway because he's a soulless loser and a total ghoul a life loser who grew up in a pampered lifestyle. Again, thank the Lord Almighty you are not Chris Cuomo or Kank. Here's Chris, Chris Cuomo dancing on a dead man's grave. The virus is rapidly swallowing us. All colors, all stripes, all creeds. It just took a former presidential candidate, Herman Cain. Yes, he supported the president. The president says he was a good friend of his. We wish his family well, and we wish that he rest in peace. And I wish that this president have no peace until he thinks about what he's exposing people to. He didn't even mention that Mr. Kane was at his rally among the maskless masses right before he was diagnosed. Now, maybe he didn't get it there. Sure as hell didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. Now, again, just to role reverse for a minute to show you what kind of a ghoul this life loser Cuomo is. Why was that necessary? You have no evidence whatsoever, none, which you even acknowledge it, that Chris, that, uh, excuse me, Herman Cain contracted this virus at this Trump rally and told none. Paula brought up an interesting point this morning. Herman Cain was around a lot of people at that rally. None of them seem to have it. You have no evidence. The man just died yesterday. And you feel the need to make it a partisan attack on President Trump? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what leftist ghouls do because they are evil people. I'm not, I don't toss that word around lightly. 
I, again, I am not talking about all Democrats and voting Democrats and, you know, moderates. And I'm not talking about that. I mean that. I don't stereotype people like the left does to us. I'm talking about this radical wing of the party and a growing number of Democrats, liberals who identify as Democrats, who do things like this, like Kank and Cuomo. And yet sponsors, everyone, nobody cares. You'll boycott a conservative who even hints at it. Can you imagine for a moment if you use the death of a human being to leverage a political cause and it was a conservative doing it? I mean, imagine for a moment if civil rights icon John Lewis, upon his death, conservatives took to Twitter to say, hey, he was a great guy. But let me just say his comments about this, are true. everyone should be embarrassed in the Democrat. But can you imagine the backlash? Of course you can. It would be inappropriate. That's why conservatives don't do it. And that's why I'll reiterate again, seriously, thank the Lord today, you are not them. That we fight with dignity and courage. We fight. We're the warriors, not the left. The left are cowards. Cuomo is a total, complete chump. A total coward. So is Kank. Big puff bags, all of them. Blowers, you know, puffery. Chest thumping, all the things. It's all they are. It's all talk. You're not them. We're the real warriors. But we still have a code. We still have a code. We live by that, that code. They have no code. These are genuinely evil, spineless, soulless people. By the way, where was Cuomo doing research to make sure that people who showed up at leftist political protests, many of which turned into riots. Where's the CNN report on how many people died from that? Oh, we didn't get that? So with no evidence whatsoever, a conservative political rally, you want to attribute Herman Cain's death to that in Oklahoma, the Tulsa rally. You have no evidence that actually happened. But where's the CNN investigative report about all the deaths that may have occurred from the left-leaning anti-police protests, many of them that turned in turned into riots? Where's the investigation about the, the many dead bodies that likely occurred from that? The answer is it'll never happen because CNN doesn't have any principles and neither does Chris Cuomo, tricep extension guy. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, there's a video of him at his desk doing tricep extensions. Seriously, I did that once. I put a video doing Zercher squats up on Facebook. Within five minutes, I was horrified that I had done that. And I deleted it because it's stupid. That's why. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Because we break down the fourth wall here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I am always willing to come to you with my loyal audience because I don't lionize myself or golden calf myself and say I am a fallible sinner like everyone else. And I think the reason this show is enjoyable is because we let you know. Which reminds me, I have an interview show with Greg Gutfeld we taped yesterday. <laughs> Would it be fair, Joe, you've heard it, Paula, to say you probably don't want to miss this? It'd be fair, right? That's fair. Talk about breaking down the fourth wall. It yeah. starts with a bang and ends with a banger, a bangier, bangiest bang. You're not going to want to miss the I'm not kidding. I'm not underselling this. It's a <laughs> half an hour of pure joy. You're not going to want to miss. Uh, Joe and Drew are going to put it out on a YouTube channel. Uh, it'll be uh, available on Saturday morning. Check it out. One more point on this, on these leftist schools. I needed to kind of break that up so I don't start yelling at them. Here's Reuters, a once respected media outlet, once, uh, no longer, of course. You know, the Trump era, these people have forfeited all their dignity. Let me show you a couple of tweets about how they handle death of prominent, not necessarily good or bad, but prominent people. Let's go to tweet number one from the dreadful now Reuters. Here's how they talk about Herman Cain. Herman Cain, again, a resume 75 pages long. A genius, an influential American patriot. Herman Cain, ex-presidential candidate who refused to wear mask, dies after COVID-19 diagnosis. This is a once respected news outlet. That's the takeaway from Herman Cain's death that you claim he refused to wear a mask, that's your takeaway. Now let's go to Reuters' other tweet about how they treated known terrorist, Iranian bloodlust vampire, Qasem Soleimani, who Trump thankfully ordered the death of. 
Let's see how they treated him. Clearly, they they treated him much worse, right? I mean, Homer Cain, American patriot, known terrorist. Uh, no, you'd be wrong. Iranian Major General Qasem Soleimani was Iran's celebrity soldier, spearhead in the Middle East. Again, ladies and gentlemen, these are sick ghouls. These are troubled, deeply disturbed, grotesque, spineless jellyfish creatures. Thank God, every single day, you are not one of these people. And now you'll understand why I addressed that Axios-Harris poll yesterday. While only two entities during this entire coronavirus crisis, only two out of the, in this poll, they asked people, has your trust in these various entities, healthcare, the food industry, transportation, grown or decreased during the coronavirus? Out of the many, only two of these entities lost trust during the coronavirus. One was the airlines and second was the media. To the media people listening, liberal media, peep, there it is. Thank you, Ms. Paula. Look at that. Everyone else gained substantially. Doctors, nurses, hospitals. Yeah, they deserved it. They did some incredible work. The media lost five points. The airlines lost seven points. They are the only ones. Even oil companies, which people say that liberals at least say they hate for no good reason, by the way. Even they gain trust, not the media. But again, to Reuters, tricep extension guy Cuomo, and to Kank, you know, no self-reflections necessary at all. Why everybody just hates you guys. No self-reflection. Don't you worry. You think people love you. Nobody actually thinks that but you. You understand that, correct? Nobody thinks that but you. Thank God, again, you are not one of them. All right, moving on. So I got an email yesterday. I'll make this quick, but um, I, I'm not going to say his name because he didn't give me permission in the email. But he said, listen, you did a show, Dan, a little while back where you said this fight. What I mean by this fight is I mean cancel culture, the war on Christianity, the war on your family, the war on organized religions of all types, the unbelievable growth of anti-Semitism on the left, this attack on common decency and big R God-given rights. I warned you that this fight was going to come to your door. Long story short, I gave you an example of something that happened to my daughters, both of them. It involved some entities they were involved in. And I don't want to give you all the details because I don't want to put people, you know, it's asymmetric. I have a big audience. I don't want to put people on the spot, especially if it's just my personal issue. But I said that this fight that happened to me is happening to others who don't have a show like I do to air grievances to use to fight back. I warned you this was coming to your door. I don't know the specifics of how this fight is going to hit you, but any attempt for you to avoid it is futile. I, I wish I had better news, but I don't. So I get this email, and the gist of the email is this. Dan, you did this story, the fight's at my door, and it came to my door yesterday. My wife works for this, I'm not reading the email exactly, of course, but it says my wife works for a, for a small business, and her supervisor was on some social media platform and was watching a video of a black man saying, hey, listen, I'm fed up with this Black Lives Matter movement, and here's why. The wife's supervisor Liked it. Didn't comment on it or anything. Liked it. Some disgruntled snowflake at this small company must have seen the boss liking this Facebook post and organized this whole like attack on the business. Negative reviews, pseudo boycotts. I say pseudo because they're never real. Leftist boycotts are always great for business. People show up in droves. I'm serious. People show up. Just ask Chick-fil-A. And the guy said to me, my wife can't believe it. It was a, all they did was like a post. I warned you. I warned you this is coming to your door. It's not going to leave you alone. You are involved in a Manichaean fight right now, whether you think so or not. And any attempt for you to say, I'm going to sit this one out because they'll come for me last is just, I'm sorry, but naive to the highest extent possible. You may say, so what does that mean for me? What does it mean? You know, you can talk about it all you want, but what does it mean? First, it means a recognition that we're dealing again with genuinely evil people. The death of Herman Cain, Kank, Cuomo, and Reuters should describe to you in, in, in complete and full terms just how evil these people are. Dancing on a man's grave who wasn't even dead 24 hours. We don't do that. The left does that. We don't do that. So number one, you're dealing with genuinely evil people. But number two, you might as well jump in this fight now. You might as well. 
Matter of fact, ironically, I'm uh, unintended, but I interviewed Greg Gutfeld about his new book. One of the questions I wanted to get to and didn't is he mentions vice signaling in the book and Eric Weinstein, the opposite of virtue signaling. You know, when people tweet how wonderful they are on Twitter to virtue signal how great they are, I'm above this. I'm a, he says, well, we should start vice signaling. Just put out on social media like, hey, you know what? We screwed up. Here's where I screwed up in the past. Put out all your vices. That way they can't use it against you. I said, that's not a bad idea. But more importantly, man, some of you may not be comfortable with that. I totally understand. Recognize now that you telling your friends, oh, I avoid these political fights on Facebook. I don't want to lose any friends. Stop. It's coming for you no matter what. The longer you hide it, the worse it's going to get. You might as well rip off the Band-Aid and just go out and join the fight today because the fight's going to find you if you don't find it. And when it finds you, it's going to be on their terms, not yours. You own a business, you're afraid to comment on Facebook, you might as well jump in now. I'll give you an example. I'm not going to say his name, but a, a, a friend of mine who happens to be a doctor. He doesn't avoid it on Facebook. I, I talked to him about it. He doesn't care one bit. He's like, patients don't want to show up to my office because they know I'm a conservative and I support liberty and God-given rights and equality for all. Because that's really what he does support. He's a good man. He's like, don't show up. Don't show up. But you're not going to boycott me later. There's nothing to boycott. I've been out. Of, that's what I'm talking about. He's been out there and open about it forever. Get in the fight now, folks. The fight's coming for you. You might as well find it before it finds you. Because when it finds you, it's going to be on their terms and not yours. You cannot avoid it. I took a big, fat note here in all caps. Step up now. Let me dump this block before I get to Epstein with uh, one more video. Again, showing you this fight is coming for you no matter what. You're not going to be able to escape it. It surrounds you everywhere. You're bathed in it. You might have thought this weekend, oh, great, the NBA's back. I used to like basketball years ago. I was a Knicks fan back in the Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Charles Oakley days. X-Man, Xavier McDaniel. I used to like the NBA. I don't watch it anymore. I definitely won't be watching it now. My point is, you thought you were going to sit down this weekend, turn on one of the sports channels or whatever, and just watch an NBA game in peace? Mm, no. Here's 10 seconds of the opening NBA game where the National Anthem's played. For those of you watching on YouTube, check this out. For those of you at home, I'll describe afterwards exactly what happens. Play this cut. I didn't want to insult you anymore by playing the rest of it. You heard the national anthem. No, no words. Just decided, I guess, to play the instrumental. Kind of bizarre, right? What's significant about that video audio? Every single player is on their knees with Black Lives Matter shit. Black Lives Matter? You mean the Marxist group? The founder of the group? You mean the same group with the pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon? What do we want, dead cops? When do we want them now? You mean that group? Now, there's a way to support black lives. You should. But you use the name of a group that's calling for dead cops. I'm just, is anything I'm saying inaccurate? I can play you the video. A group run by a known Marxist, Marxist, by the way, who've wiped out millions of minority lives. By the way, the same Marxist running China right now where the NBA has a big business footprint and the NBA refuses to speak out against the Chinese Communist Marxist Party that's imprisoning thousands of Muslim minority Uyghurs. So the same NBA, which kneels to disrespect our national anthem, that's what you're doing. Let's stop pretending it's anything else, please. I don't have time for nonsense. Take that garbage elsewhere. You're disrespecting our country and our anthem. And if you pulled that same stunt in China, you'd find yourself in a Uyghur death camp. Where's the NBA? The principled, the principled. Joe, dreaded air quotes. The principled NBA, where is their statement about the Chinese Uyghur death camps? Where, where is it? Did we, did we see that? No. Oh, no, no, we didn't. We've seen a significant NBA presence in China. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, you missed that too, right, Joe? You did, right? We didn't see the death camp statement. You, you didn't yeah. see that? Yeah, I missed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. About their statement in support of Hong Kong, the freedom fighters in Hong Kong. We, mi we, we, missed, we missed that one too, right? Matter of fact, I didn't miss when people showed up in the stands with 
support Hong Kong shirts, they were thrown out and asked to leave NBA games. I remember that. But yes, they're all about principles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're all about principles. You missed that too, right? Yeah, just just mm-hmm. checking, Joe. Yeah, man. Paul, did you see that? Paul and Paul is a little happier with me today. Took 24 hours. Greg and I talked about it yesterday, which was, I'm telling you, this Gutfeld interview is just off the rails. Totally, completely. Would you agree, Joe? Totally off the rails, like nothing we've done. I'm laughing even thinking about it. I had like 20 questions. I don't think we got past the second one. Oh, man, I'm like crying thinking about it. (laughs) Folks, I'm just again trying to make the point that this fight, you cannot avoid it. You cannot avoid it. Jump in now. All right, I'm going to get to my second sponsor. I want to get to this Epstein stuff because it is just explosive. And I want to reiterate a story I have from a source. It's not my story. It's from another source. I can't say that enough because then I get a thousand emails. Dan, stop hiding. I'm not hiding anything. It's not my story. It's from someone else, but it's troubling. Some of you haven't heard it. It's about the Epstein case. All right, our second sponsor today is My Patriot Supply. Every day, we're not just witnessing the spread of coronavirus. We're seeing the spread of fear. The panic merchants are out there making markets volatile and driving demands for basic necessities in a troubling manner through the roof. No one wants to see bare shelves. What would you do for food? Think about it. How can you not ensure your food supply? If you showed up one day with bare shelves in the supermarket, what would you do? I'm a serious question. We ensure everything in our lives that matters. We ensure our health. You have dental insurance. People have car insurance. How can you not ensure your food supply? It doesn't make any sense. People are self-quarantining right now. Some people don't even want to go to the store. They don't want to, you know, want to be in touch with other people. They're understandably afraid of getting infected. Here's a way to ensure your food supply and buy yourself some peace of mind really cheap. Go to preparewithdan.com and reserve your two or four week emergency food kit today. Ladies and gentlemen, it just makes sense. These meals include breakfast, lunches, and dinners. The food's delicious. Lasts up to 25 years in storage. 25 years. That's a lot of peace of mind to buy. My Patriot Supply has been a trusted partner of my show for years. I have, I don't even know anymore, 10 to 12 boxes of it inside. And I'm happy to do it and happy to advertise for this company because it just makes sense. The demand, I got to be honest with you, has been incredibly high. A lot of people are starting to understand ensuring your food supply makes sense. The current wait is now 8 to 12 weeks because demand has been 80 times normal. They're not kidding. But go now. Don't wait anymore. We have no idea how long this crisis is going to last. It's important to be self-reliant. It's not too late. Go to preparewithdan.com and pick up your emergency food supply today. That's preparewithdan.com. Don't wait another minute. Preparewithdan.com. Okay. So let me just, before we get to the court documents, some of you heard this story because you're older listeners uh, and you've been around a while. Here's my take on why the Epstein case is so serious. Besides the obvious, I mean, the the, the sexual abuse, the allegations are, you know, just gross. I have a contact, let's say. Again, this is his story, not mine. So I want to be clear. I'm not hiding from you the details. I don't have them until he gives them to me. Right. But approached me a while ago and was on an aircraft with Epstein and former President Bill Clinton, and made a very serious allegation. By the way, this is an unimpeachable contact. This is not some, you know, tinfoil cap-wearing lunatic I ran into in a bagel store somewhere. This is an unimpeachable contact with the utmost integrity. And made a very serious allegation that Clinton was on this plane with Epstein, and there was a room in the back of the plane. There were what appeared to be underage girls on the plane, and that the former president happened to disappear into one of those rooms with one of these underage girls. Why you would be doing that, you can probably fill in the blanks for yourself. I'm just telling you what I've been told. It was serious enough to that person that he refused to be part of this anymore and spoke out. And I'm assuming, you know, hasn't contacted me in a while. That is probably talking about it with hopefully law enforcement and others. It's real. That call happened. And again, it is not my information because inevitably whenever this show airs and I bring this up, again, I'm swearing to you on, on every fiber of my soul and being that this call happened as I said it. 
people say, well, why are you holding? I'm not holding out. It's not my information. I don't have the recipe. That's what I have. That's what I've been permitted to share because that's all I have to share. It was frightening the way he described it. Came out later. Who knows what went on back there? But it's a gross story. Now, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was Jeffrey Epstein's confidant, right-hand woman, was around him all the time. Some of the victims in this ongoing investigation gave depositions, spoke to law enforcement. This happened over a course of time. And the documents have now been released and they are troubling, which indicate exactly what I just told you, that this guy was a really, really deeply disturbed human being, Epstein. And the people who found this guy What's the appropriate way to say it, Joe? Enjoyable to be around are mm-hmm. probably just as sick as he is. That's the kind of thing. When you agree, Joe, if you're like hanging around that, it's it's not yeah. like we've all had a friend we find out later did something shady and we're like, what? Right. Yeah. You know, in the past, you're like, hey, that guy in college sold weed or something. You're like, really? He's such a nice guy. Like, we've always, nobody's confused when you're hanging around a dude who has a group of young women around him doing things like nobody's confused. We get that, right? Mm -hmm. That's not confusing. You know, they're young because they're young. You can tell no 15 year old looks like a 40 year old. Uh, Are we, everybody understands this, right? I'm I'm talking to the liberals out there who want to defend Epstein because they know some of their friends may go down. And to the same people out there, that's not what's happening here. The people who've chosen to hang around this guy, including the former president, Bill Clinton, are really disgusting. There's no mystery what's going on. Did anybody think to ask? Like, hey, dude, why do you have a bunch of teenagers hanging around you? Did anybody think to ask that? Can you even imagine? Like, we hang out with a very limited group of people. But they're successful, really nice people. Can you even imagine showing up at their house and there's like, 15, 13, and 14, and 15-year-olds over there, and they have no relate. Oh, are these your cousins? No, no, they're just a, huh. what? Like, wh- wh- you call the cops. There's no mystery here. There's no, I didn't know. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to court document number one. Oh, big hat tip, by the way. Hat tips are always appropriate to Technofog. At techno underscore fog on Twitter. I believe he's on parlor too. I don't even know if it's a he. It could be a she. But great account all over the legal stuff of the day. That's where he got some of these screenshots from. Um, so hat tip to techno fog. Let's get right to this. Here's a screenshot number one. So this is one of the court documents. In the motion, they talk about, quote, Epstein also sexually trafficked the then minor Jane Doe. Obviously, that I can use her name. Making her available for, for sex to politically connected and financially powerful people. So I'm trying to keep the show family friendly. So folks, this segment may, you know, we're not, we're going to try to avoid the really horrible stuff, but you get what I'm saying. So Epstein sexually trafficked minors to powerful people. Some of the names, unbelievable. Prince Andrew, the Duke of York, Miss Maxwell, Elaine Maxwell, Jean-Luc Brunel, and Alan Dershowitz. Again, this is just in the court documents. I'm just reading the names that have been uncovered in these court documents. Wow. No one, I am, we will not be providing cover here for anyone for any reason. I have a teenage daughter. This is disgusting. Seriously grotesque. Let's go to screenshot number two in case you think those were the only people mentioned here. Here's a victim interview. So they say, hey, when they're, they're talking to one of the victims, when you say you asked him, why is Bill Clinton here? Where was here? In other words, they're asking one of the victims, you know, so Bill Clinton was there. Well, where was here? She says, you know, on the island, they're talking about Epstein's pervert island. When you were present with Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Clinton on the island, who else was there? The victim says, Ghislaine, Emmy, and there were two young girls that I could identify. I never really knew them well anyways. It was just two girls from New York. Folks, 
again, I, I got goosebumps talking about this. Like, what kind of a sick pervert is this guy? If this testimony is real, and again, even the worst people on the planet are entitled to the presumption of innocence in our justice system. But if this testimony is real and Bill Clinton was on pervert island with underage girls, you didn't, serious question here, Bill. You didn't think to ask who they were or what they were doing on an island? Underage girls, you, you weren't curious? Who did you think they were? By the way, how is this not the lead story in the New York Times? Oh, because it's Bill Clinton. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, if that name was Donald Trump, this would be a front page story from now to the end of, to the end of time. It would be a permanent front page story. We didn't, you, you didn't hear about this yesterday? That a victim in a sworn deposition says she was on an island with underage girls with Bill Clinton on the Epstein Island? You missed, you missed that? It's not your fault you missed it. Again, we're dealing with media outlets who will do anything, even protecting people accused, accused of grotesque horrors like this because they're liberal activists. If that name was Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton or anything else, it'd be plastered on every front page and every news channel in America. But it's a Democrat. And they're a protected class. You may say this can't get worse. Oh, you'd be wrong. It can and does. Here's court document number three. Where Jeffrey Epstein's emailing Ghislaine Maxwell, again, his right-hand woman, who's alleged to be one of the ringleaders of this underage girl sexual abuse uh, scandal. And Jeffrey Epstein, when she says, hey, listen, I've been asked questions about a bunch of this stuff. And this is Ghislaine Maxwell. And Jeffrey Epstein emails her back and says, hey, 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 don't you worry about this. Here's the email. He says, listen, this is okay with me. You've done nothing wrong. And I'd urge you to start acting like it. This is Epstein talking to Maxwell. Go outside. Head high, Joe. Head high. This is how sick this guy is. This is how this is insane. He tells her to head high. Don't act like an escaping convict. Go to parties. Deal with it. I had Lisa Svensson, the Swedish ocean ambassador yesterday. She said, no one on our ocean panel takes this stuff seriously. And you'd be welcome to the ocean conference, water conference, etc. That's his response. This sick, grotesque human being. Don't even worry about these allegations. No one's taking this seriously. Go to parties. Head high. Head high. Be proud. Ooh. You may say, gosh, that sounds really bad. Bunch of powerful people mentioned in there. Bill Clinton specifically named on Pervert Island. Epstein tells her, don't even worry about it. This isn't even serious. You think it gets worse? Oh, boy. It gets a lot worse. The FBI knew about this? Apparently so. Look at this document that just came out. Again, hat tip, Technofog. The limited information produced from the iCloud account shows that responsive information exists. The production includes plaintiff's communications with FBI agent Jason Richards in, in wait, wait, what does that say? Joe, am I reading this right? In 2014? Yes, that's My right. eyesight's going bad. Paul, no, I'm seeing that right, right? Okay, thank you. Um, suggests that plaintiff was in regular communications with him at various times, particularly in mid-2014. Despite this, few pieces of correspondence with Agent Richards have been produced. Plaintiff also produced an email to Christina Pryor, the FBI, but not any response to that email. Folks, listen. It's not Monday morning quarterbacking. It's just sane human being stuff to say, the FBI knew about this in 2014. What the hell were you doing? Well, I mean, what more evidence did you need? Did you miss all this stuff? How many more people, young women, were abused because you did nothing or didn't do anything of any substance?
may say, gosh, this sounds really bad. Thankfully, we put the the lid on the worst stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. There's, there's actually more. Take the lid off. Yeah, it gets worser. Here's screenshot number five. We're one of the victims because nothing's apparently happening on the criminal side with the FBI. One of the victims reaches out to the FBI and says, hey, you think I can have the videos and photos? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's videos and photos. What? I'm not kidding. Reaches out to the Christina Pryor, this FBI agent, at her official email address and says, hey, I'm wondering if you remember me from the Sydney consulate. I'm a victim in the investigation from the Jeffrey Epstein case. And I was wondering if you could tell me if I'd be able to get a hold of the pics and videos that the FBI might have confiscated from any of Epstein's residences. Also, can you ask if you might have any of the flight logs that include my name in them to be sent to me as well? It's all for evidential purposes and it would prove many of things to help my case. This is one of the victims in 2014. Asking the FBI, hey, you think I could get the videos and pics you guys may have for a civil case I'm working? Well, again, where where was this? Where was this story yesterday? Oh, again, we're talking about Donald Trump's tweets. That's right. Donald Trump's election tweet. That was the big, yeah, that that was it. Now, you may be like, finally, it's over. No, no, it's not yet. There's one more for you. Jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I I know. You're like, this can't possibly. And I strongly encourage you again to read uh, at Technofog's thread on this. There's actually more there in the interest of time. I had to to make the the, the, uh, inglorious six, like how to pick the worst six things, because there's more. This is actually the last one, but this is, this is just the coup de grace. How long did the Department of Justice know about this? Forget the FBI for a minute. The Department of Justice. And why didn't they do anything about it? Look at this court. uh, Look at this document exposed yesterday. They have emails. Joe, again, check me. Am I reading this right? That 2008? Yeah. 5-1-2008. So I'm not reading it wrong. Paula, right? Just checking. 2008. So now we're not even at 2014. We're back in 2008. Like 12 years ago, 2008. So apparently someone has 2008 emails between all of these people. And it's about a continued delay in presenting a case to a grand jury due to failure to receive a decision from D.C. The status of the grand jury presentation and ongoing investigation and staffing of the case for the purposes of trial and meeting to prepare for grand jury prep. Two thousand eight. They're waiting for a decision from DC. Who? Who exactly can't figure out in DC what they need to do with grand jury presentation? Who, who is that? Can we get those names? They're wondering about the delays in the case in two thousand and eight. Ladies and gentlemen, I just, you know, what's at stake in this election? Again, you're dealing with genuinely evil people. Don't dare lecture me, Libs. I worked in federal law enforcement. I cannot imagine a scenario. I worked with really good, decent people. I did. I cannot imagine a scenario where someone approached us in our office in New York or when I worked in Long Island and said, hey, I got a case here about underage girls being sexually trafficked by an influential man connected to politicians, influential public figures. And then we just walked in the boss and we're like, we'll get to it later. I got a treasury check case. I got to work here. It's not important. Can you imagine a scenario where that happened? If you're a sane person, you're like, of course I can. And that's probably 99% of my audience. Unblank and believable. You fill in the rest. All right, moving on, because I got a lot more to get to. Again, what are we dealing with in this election? That's been the theme of this whole show. Genuinely evil people on the other side. You think you can avoid this fight? You can't. So yesterday, 
Paula can vouch for me here. I wanted to, I, I was listening and they had a coverage of John Lewis's uh, funeral yesterday. And I wanted to hear what people had to say about John Lewis. I did. I, I wanted to hear about the story. There were some really amazing stories about Lewis and the Pettus Bridge. And Bill Clinton told the story of this backpack yesterday. And, uh, you know, George W. Bush spoke. You know, Clinton, who is apparently just a disgusting human being, but I wanted to hear the comments regardless. So I listened on my, I listened on my, the iPhone app for probably close to two, three hours. And it may surprise you, but having worked with Obama for two years, you know, sometimes it's very hard for me to separate the personal from the political. You know, I was on his detail for two years. I was one of his lead secret service agents. And sometimes you'd see genuine moments and you think, how can this guy be so destructive? And then you see moments like yesterday where you realize the awful human being he really is. And believe me, it, I, I, I say this with the, from the depths of my soul with all sincerity. It gives me no joy to tell you that at all. None. There is a personal attachment there. I'm very sorry if that bothers you, but there is. And it's hard to dump. It really, it's hard to just throw it away. But this is a genuinely bad person. The Spygate scandal, the corruption, the, the, uh, the use of a funeral yesterday. I was really hoping he would get up as a historic figure in America, our first black, black president, that he would get up and say some unifying comments. He did none of that. He got up yesterday and used a funeral for a civil rights icon to give a grotesque, deceptive, in many cases, outright false political speech meant to rally people for an election. It was gross. And it was supremely disappointing. Here's one of the lowlights where the great divider in chief, Barack Obama, strikes again. Check this out. He knew from his own life that progress is fragile, that we have to be vigilant against the darker currents of this country's history, of our own history, with their whirlpools of violence and hatred and despair that can always rise again. Bull Connor may be gone, but today, we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. I'm not kidding. I, I, when I was done with the show, I really wanted to hear him speak. For all Obama's downsides as the most corrupt president in U.S. history, and believe me, that is an accurate statement, there are some moments where he can say things that could be perceived as somewhat unifying. Um, yesterday was not one of them. Bull Connor? George Wallace? You mean the Democrat segregationists? Using the example of George Floyd, which was, Joe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, universally condemned by every sane human being on the planet, including on this show, immediately? Mm -hmm. Immediately. Immedi I got emails from people, I'm not kidding, some who said, Dan, we should wait for the facts to come out. And I was very clear. I understand we should always wait. The facts on that were crystal clear. No one disputed the video. We came out the next day and the Floyd thing was saying, listen, this isn't right. There was no counterpoint. It was unanimous. Why would you use that example at John Lewis's funeral to take a political shot at everybody else? George Wallace? You mean the segregationists in the South that were Democrats? Later on, it was... I mean, there were a number of lowlights from this. I could go on all day about Obama. And by the way, tear gas on peaceful protesters? You mean the ones burning the courthouse oh. down in Portland? You mean those with the commercial-grade fireworks? You mean the ones that have blinded 
federal law enforcement officers and damage their eyes with late. You mean those peaceful protesters? I'm just checking, Barack. I'm, I'm just checking. Again, you could have done some real good legwork to bring in the country together, and you do what you always do. Shredded it and divided it, because that's all you know. But he brought up another point yesterday in his political campaign speech at a funeral, at a funeral, where he said, you know, the filibuster, where the, a minority in the Senate can block legislation, you know, you need 60 votes in the Senate now, unlike the House, where a simple majority works. He said the f- filibuster is, quote, a Jim Crow relic. The filibuster. So the filibuster is now racist. What? Now, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, well, you know, you know what you know exactly what's going on. Here. Come on, dude. How does a Democrat narrative, narrative, not a fact, a false story? How does it work? The way it works is exactly what Obama's doing. A prominent Demo- Democrat with some influence, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Liz Warren, Barack Obama, whoever it may be, starts to throw trial balloons, test balloons. We want to get rid. Of, why do the Democrats want to get rid of the filibuster? Because they're convinced they're going to take back the Senate with probably 51 or 52 votes. They don't want to be blocked by the minority, despite the fact that it's been part of the institution for eons. And they want to enact the most radical far left agenda in American history. Amnesty, D.C. statehood, Puerto Rico statehood, packing the Supreme Court. They don't want anyone in their way. Now, they know that's not popular. The Democrats are not dumb. They know suggesting throwing decades of Senate tradition out the window to radicalize America is not popular. So, Joe, in order to get people to believe that the filibuster, which people generally like, it gives the minority party rights Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't have in the House of Representatives. What do you do? You tag it with a label. And what is that label every time? It's racist. Every single time. So they float that trial balloon and they let the media pick it up. Now, 30, 40 years ago in the Walter Cronkite, Peter Jennings, David Brinkley, Tom Brokaw era, when they could control the narrative, the narrative from this point on, now that Obama said yesterday, it's a Jim Crow relic to filibuster. In other words, it's racist to filibuster. That's what it always is with the Democrats. Everything's mm-hmm. racist, you know? Okay. Yeah. In the... That era, Joe, you're familiar with. Joe's a little older than Cronkite. Cronkite would repeat it, and that would be the story around the country from this point on. If you support the filibuster, you're a racist too. Nobody said this before. It's just now. Obama's now filtered it. Here's the problem. These old school politicians like Obama, living in the digital era now, don't realize that we all have everything on tape now. We have everything on video. We have everything with screenshots. We have links that won't go away. So we can look up if you actually believed, because Obama said it, it's a Jim Crow relic. So if you support the filibuster, you're a racist, right? I mean, I'm not, yeah. anybody missing this? For the liberals listening, I don't even, Obama, filibuster, Jim Crow relic. Oh, filibuster's racist. That's what he wants you to believe. So let's look at this headline from the Chicago Tribune, which made its way around social media yesterday. Oh, 2006, Jefferson Eleni in the Washington Bureau of the Chicago Tribune. Obama joins a filibuster bid against Alito. I, I, I thought that was racist. I, I, did I? Yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, that, That's what he I said. mean, listen, I always need Joe's input. I mean, did I miss it? I said, so is Obama racist now? You can't say that. Dan. I didn't say it. Obama said it. I'm not telling you Obama's a racist. He said it himself. Filibuster's a Jim Crow relic. In other words, if you support the filibuster, you're a racist. Okay, Obama supported the filibuster. See, this is the difference, Joe, between... When you were subjected to the David Brinkley, ABC, NBC, CBS monopoly. And now Mm -hmm. we have parlor, we have internet search engines. We have Twitter, Facebook, where even despite their mass censorship, you can't beat us all at the same time. I saw that on the Twitter feed of Jim Garrity from national review. And I spread it around to my 2.1 million followers on Twitter who now know Barack Obama is a total complete fraud, which you, knew way before yesterday. But now you know for a fact. He's just making this up about the filibuster because he thinks he can control the narrative and he knows nobody in America, because we are not a racist place, nobody wants to identify as a racist, obviously. 
So if he just makes it up, filibuster's racist. Obama, you supported the filibuster. Uh, I didn't say I was a racist. I just mean you all. Sure. Sure. Hard pass on Obama's advice. You can take a seat. Remember he told us to take a seat? Remember Obama? Remember that speech? Yeah, you yeah. Republicans, you can take a seat in the back seat of the car. We're in charge. No, no, no. You can take a seat. A funeral. Did this at a funeral. And keep that in mind. It tells how you know wonderful Obama is. All right. Um, good on time here. Let me get to this story here because I on a good note, it is Friday, and I don't like to leave any of you miserable. Folks, your voice matters. It does. I don't want you to feel like any of this is a waste of your time. It's these are futile measures. Your voice matters. So I had a bunch of listeners, which I'm very responsive to. They have my email and they'll reach out to me on Facebook and elsewhere. And they sent me this story from Ohio, the story about the Ohio Pharmacy Board putting up a bunch of restrictions for doctors so they couldn't prescribe hydroxychloroquine to patients with coronavirus. They were outraged. I'm not supporting any, I'm not a doctor. I'm just going to be crystal clear. I want to leave medical decisions to doctors. Now, again, we'll be, of course, suppressed by the tech tyrants for saying this, and that's A-OK. I'm on the side of truth. I don't really care about any of that stuff. I've already got all alternatives we're working on. I am not a doctor. I'm not recommending you do anything but speak to your doctor about your medical problems. Why is that controversial? If your doctor, whose area of expertise is medicine, is an MD, a DO, whatever it may be, why would your doctor not make your medical decisions? Why would you leave that to a pharmacy board? So people in Ohio and around the country were furious that this Ohio Pharmacy Board put up a bunch of obstacles to hydroxychloroquine. The governor stepped in, Mike DeWine, and said, listen, you got to consider this. From what I heard in Ohio from my many listeners who emailed me the follow-up, the uproar was a 7,000 decibel scream in a closed stadium. And this is what happened. The Ohio Pharmacy Board backed down immediately. It says, as a result of the feedback received by the medical and patient community at the request of Governor DeWine, the state of Ohio Board of Pharmacy has withdrawn the proposed rule of the administrative code. It's Friday. Hold your head high for two important reasons on this show. Here are two takeaways. Tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them what you tell them, and tell them what you told them. No, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. We learned that in, uh, when I was learning how to teach some of the students in Secret Service School. Number one, it's Friday. Thank the Lord. Seriously, pray tonight. Thank God you are not one of these ghoulish leftists dancing on the grave of an American patriot who died. Thank him. Thank him that you have been granted the wisdom and the empathy to respect the dignity of life, even with your political opponents, people like John Lewis that you're able to see through a lot of this and respect the dignity of life at critical moments when people are watching. Thank the Lord that you have the guts and the courage to stand up and not fall prey to silly arguments while they're celebrating the life of someone who died, who may not even be, might be on the total opposite side of your politics, but you have the dignity and grace to understand. We can talk about that later. Now's not the time. The left are ghouls. They're evil, despicable, awful people. They have none of that dignity, none of that grace, or none of that integrity. And thank God and pray to him for that and for that continued wisdom to do it. It matters. All of it matters. I'll say again, too. Thank the Lord that you understand that facts matter that you will not be baited into silly, hyperbolic, outrageous, and ridiculous arguments. And give him, ask him for the courage to stand up and speak out. Because the story we just addressed in Ohio, your voice does matter. Your voice does matter. You can speak up and you can change things. You just did. It's a small step. I'm not suggesting to you, ladies and gentlemen, any fight is over, that we should take some victory lap, that this fight for freedom is done and we should, you know, march down the Champs-Élysées. But I'm just suggesting to you, the bigger fights are won by winning smaller battles. And one of them was won yesterday. Good for you for speaking out for sanity.
We will let the doctors make those decisions. All right. Thanks again for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Please watch my interview with Greg Gutfeld. I promise you, it is going to be one of the more entertaining 30 minutes of your life. I can just be candid. Greg is doing a ton of interviews for his book. I thought he'd be super tired. This is the most high energy Greg you've ever seen. Uh, probably even on Fox. It was a really great, he's a friend of mine. So the dynamic's a little different. It's probably not what you're used to, but it's worth your time. Joe will launch it tomorrow morning, Saturday, about 7 a.m. or so. Uh, it'll be on video too, youtube.com slash Bungie. Check out the video because his mannerisms are hilarious. Paula had a tough time keeping him in the frame, right, Paula? Because he was jumping around. <laughs> Check it out. Thanks again for another great week, folks. We really appreciate it. I will see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.